over the last four months, three significant events have thrown our country into great turmoil, and they may even set our culture's course for the next decade, given that we are at the beginning of the 2020s. The threat of the coronavirus, the murder of George Floyd, and the June 15th Supreme Court ruling on Bostock versus Clayton County, Georgia. For those of you who don't know, on June 15th, the Supreme Court ruled that the 1964 Civil Rights Act applies to transgender and homosexual preferences, lifestyles. I'm not going to get into all of the ramifications of that or the, politi- the politics of that at the moment, but to say that it is a significant event and probably has gotten a lot less press and has probably caused less turmoil in our culture as a whole than the other two, but is significant for us as Christians, as the people of God. So today, I'm not going to tackle these issues. What I want to do today is remind you of our identity as God's people and ours especially as a local church. Our calling, our core commitments. Because in the midst of all of this, my primary burden, my primary concern is for the church. That these events can have and will divide local churches, including our church, Crossway Fellowship. And so I want to begin with an articulation of our identity and then take you to a few passages of Scripture. Our statement of identity here at Crossway reads thus, Crossway Fellowship is a community of faith called by the gospel of Jesus Christ to glorify and serve the living God. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of socio-political chaos, godless, oppressive legal rulings, who is Crossway Fellowship to be? Who are we to be as a church body? We are a community of faith. We are not a generically religious, faith-based organization. We are a church. We are a community of redeemed people founded on a body of truth, revealed truth. Truth that determines what Christianity is and what Christianity is not. Truth that determines who is a Christian and who is not. There is a Christian faith, and we stand in that tradition and that teaching. Also, being a community of faith means that we are a transformed community of people who trust God. We walk by faith, and we walk by faith regardless of governments, policies, riots, Wars, earthquakes, great infestations of hornets or whatever else is going to come. 
We are a community of faith. We are to live by faith. Secondly, we are called by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Most organizations, institutions have purpose statements. We exist for the purpose of. We don't simply exist. We are called. You are called. We don't exist for a purpose, quote unquote. Nor are we the architects of our own existence and mission. We have been called into being as a church, and we have been given a mission, a divine mission. We are called forth, each one of us, out of death to life. We are called forth, out of death to life, all of us together to be God's people, and including a local body of God's people. And in this local body, we are called to glorify and serve the living God. Not the dead, unhearing, unknowing, uncaring gods of the world, but the one true living God who has spoken in his word, lighting the way and sustaining us. We are called to bring him glory. We're called to to bring all efforts, all words spoken, all social media posts under the glory of God. And we are to serve him, which doesn't mean just doing things for God. Serving God means worshiping him, waiting upon him. Or as Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, our spiritual service is to offer our lives as living sacrifices. We are to find our delight in him. As this community of faith, then, we are compelled by certain core commitments. Remember these? We are compelled to proclaim Christ. We are compelled to obey the truth We are compelled to walk together. We are compelled to love others. And it's really these last two that I want to emphasize today. Okay, and so I want to highlight them here. First, we are compelled to walk together. God has made us a people for his own possession. So Crossway Fellowship pursues life together in the unity of the Spirit. Also, we are compelled to love others. God has loved us with an incomprehensible love, so Crossway Fellowship loves all people as made in his image. I'm not saying that the scriptures are silent on all of the issues of our day. Nor are they simply matters of conscience. These are not all just Romans 14 matters of stronger faith and weaker faith. I'm not saying those things. I'm saying scriptures address these things in many ways. But more importantly, in scripture... Is, is 
given to us the way to treat each other. And so I am first concerned for how we converse with each other. The manner of our words and our tone and our volume, whether we are speaking or posting or blogging. I'm concerned about the people of God being driven by anxiety over faith. I'm concerned about the people of God speaking with presumption instead of wisdom. I'm concerned about the people of God being dominated by earthly thinking instead of heavenly thinking. How are we to walk together in unity and love others? Let's turn to Colossians chapter 3 for beginners. Colossians chapter 3. Now I'm going to work through these passages with a no outline. Okay. No outline. I'm going to read them and I'm going to make some comments. All right. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now let's just pause here for a second. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about an eternal mindset. He's talking about where you put your mind, your worldview, how you see your life and all of life in light of eternity. Do you measure the coronavirus and its effects in light of eternity? And here's what I mean. It's not just a matter of here comes a pandemic and we have to go into quarantine and we're going to suffer these things and there are certain things at stake politically. There are certain things at stake societally. But what I'm talking about is when there is a conflict that is created between two brothers or sisters in Christ over whether or not we have to wear masks. What is earthly thinking on that, and what is heavenly thinking? This is not just a matter of conscience. And let me explain why. Because for some of our brothers and sisters in Christ, this is not just a matter of conscience in that what they see us Others who are unwilling to wear masks or complaining about it or constantly griping about it is a certain reckless behavior that from their perspective endangers them. That is not Romans 14, stumbling because of somebody's freedom. That's different. This is different. On the other side are brothers and sisters in Christ whose livelihoods and 
their businesses are jeopardized. Their incomes, their ability to provide for their families, not because people are wearing masks, but because there are quarantines and a mindset of danger that will keep them from being able to function. What is at stake for them is not a matter of conscience, it is a survival. So how do two Christians come to each other who are both concerned about their own survival based on the actions of the other Christian? Now, the world is one thing, but what about in the church? Set your minds on things above. Let's keep going. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger. Wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Both brothers and sisters are called upon to put away wrath, malice, anger, slander. That's the first step. That's not where you end up. That's where you begin by putting those away. Why? Because you are a new self. You are being renewed, recreated in knowledge after the image of your creator. Verse 11, here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. There you go. Well, what are we to do then? If we put that off, what are we to put on? Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, Kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Do your posts on Facebook reflect humility, meekness, patience? What about when someone offends me, when someone else is not patient? What about when someone else is hostile. Verse 13. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, unfriend them. Attack them. Make sure your voice is heard. No. Forgive them. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. We talk a lot about these days about listening. 
We just need to listen. You cannot listen if you are not willing to forgive at the beginning of the conversation. That's where you start. And above all of these, verse 14, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You know what Paul is saying there? He's not saying just be at peace. When he uses the word peace of Christ, the Messiah, rule, he is talking about the messianic rule, reign of peace that Jesus will one day exercise over the entire earth when he rules with an iron rod. Paul is saying, let that peace a peace that is enforced by the rule of Christ, let it reign over your hearts now. Kingdom living today. Verse 16. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. One reason for gathering, why I would consider it essential, is that this teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God cannot be done in isolation. It cannot be. We sing praises to the Lord, but in singing truths about God and in singing praises to God, we teach and admonish one another. That is hard to do when we're in separate living rooms all over the Puget Sound, right? It's not impossible, and there's a time we have to do that, okay? But there is cause for regathering. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That doesn't mean that in everything you say or write or do, that you are to stamp the Lord Jesus' name on it like some sort of a, you know, casting a spell. It means that everything you say and everything you do better match the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It ought to represent him rightly. Word and deed. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. We know this chapter. This is the love chapter, right? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... 
but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Nothing. Did you know that you can clamor for justice? Did you know that you can overturn legislation? That you can protest? And if you have not love, you are nothing. You gain nothing. Did you know that you can sacrifice your very life for religious freedom? And if you do not have love, you are nothing. You gain nothing. Verse 4. Love is patient and kind. If you post in social media and you are not patient, you are nothing. You gain nothing. If you are not kind, you are nothing. You gain nothing. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. If you are arrogant and rude with all of your right views and the truth of truths, you are nothing. You gain nothing. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. If you are irritable and resentful, even if you are defending justice or dying for religious freedom or the freedom of speech, you are nothing. You gain nothing. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. This is different than insisting on its own way. Love is not blind without discernment. Love does not swallow the world's platitudes without straining it through the grid of Scripture. You can fly whatever flag you want to, but if you are rejoicing in wrongdoing and not rejoicing with the truth, you are nothing. You gain nothing. Verse 7, love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Beloved, this is Jesus on the cross. 
This is Jesus dying, being murdered unjustly in excruciating agony, watching men gamble for his clothes, offer him vinegar to drink, hearing them mock him, spit on him, claim triumph over him, and crying out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. That is bearing all things. That is believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Now, there's a context, okay, in 1 Corinthians for what Paul is saying here. But what all of these things amount to is a certain claim to spirituality and maturity. Let's just put it that way. This prophecy, prophesying, spiritual gifts, tongues, really powerful ones. Knowledge. It's not just knowing truth or knowing facts here. He's talking about having a deep knowledge and understanding or claiming to have some sort of transcendent understanding of the world and how it functions. You only know in part. We only prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. The perfect, the whole, it's coming. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. We're to be aiming at maturity. For now we see in a mirror dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. These things will all change. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love, the primary one, the most important one. Is that what Jesus always said when people asked him, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. It's the second one as unto it. Isn't this what Jesus demonstrates to his disciples in John chapter 13 as he washes their feet? I have loved you. I have served you. You love one another. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Let's turn to James chapter 3. Verse 13. By the way, I think that where I'm going to go, I'm considering this, right? So next week I'm planning on finishing the Holy Spirit. 
And then after that, I'm going to preach the book of James. Okay, so this text will come up again in some weeks to come, but this will give you a little bit of the taste of the book of James. Right? Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. You have great wisdom. You have great understanding and insight into the issues of our day. James says, prove your knowledge through your conduct and your works in the meekness of wisdom. Because there are two kinds of wisdom. Verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Recognize them for what they are. It's a warning against self-deceit. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. This is not just human frailty or failure. This is demonic. Verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, think about this. Think about our culture, how the church is to be different, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist. There will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And it doesn't mean enforce peace. It means that if you go out into the field, you have an intention of sowing peace. And if you sow peace in a peaceable way, there is a harvest of righteousness By the way, that word righteousness is the same word justice. The wisdom from above is not like the wisdom from below, right? And this is not some neutral wisdom in between. (laughs) There's only two kinds of wisdom, just like there are only two kinds of faith, faith that works faith that doesn't, and so on throughout the book of James. What kind of wisdom are you displaying? A demonic wisdom or a heavenly wisdom? 
is James tells us exactly what they're both like. What they both, how they both act. What they each demonstrate. We are to be a people distinct from the world. We are not exempt from necessarily taking sides, meaning we have a responsibility to say, that's right, that's wrong. We have a responsibility within the body of Christ to talk about these things. But how we talk about them, where we begin our convictions before we ever start the conversation are to be distinct and different from the world. So as we come back together as a body, it is my prayer, frankly, my expectation, that where we have been anything other than having compassionate hearts, meekness, gentleness, patience, kindness, rejoicing with the truth, that we will repent, that we will listen, certainly, but that we will listen from the beginning point of love, patience, unity, Forgiveness, ready, a readiness to forgive. And so we have many things to talk about in days to come.